Good morning. Thanks so much for making it to the the transition Sunday from uh, Christmas to to New Year's. Joel already referenced this was your last shot um, to stay home and make a decision that in 2019 I am going to be at church on Sunday morning. So you guys have have started the trend uh, early, so thanks so much for being here. Uh, I know there are Christmas trees behind me. Uh, and there are still Christmas lights, um, but we are going to continue on um, with our Sermon on the Mount series that Pastor Doug has been doing uh, some in the fall, Um, and we are going to talk today about trying to serve two masters, God and money. Um, Doug sent me the scriptures and said, hey, um, we're moving you know, in this direction, and you're going to be preaching on uh, Matthew six nineteen through 24, and he did that before he left last week or something like that, and I was like, yeah, 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 I got it, it's fine. And I didn't look at that, and I don't know what that is off the top of my head, and so after Christmas, I pulled it up, and I was like, oh, I know these verses because I preach myself this message every two or three weeks um, when I get distracted, uh, because... Uh, If you have been around or if you know me, um, money and greed and that kind of stuff is an issue for me, and so I have to constantly remind myself and constantly um, make sure that I am checking my motives and that uh, I am monitoring what's going on in my life financially because when I am not well connected to Christ, I become very self-focused, I become very... Um, financially driven, uh, and I spend way too much time thinking about money and worrying about money and all that kind of stuff um, when I know as a Christ follower uh, my security is found not in money uh, but in how uh, Christ sees me and and my relationship with Him. So uh, when I had the opportunity to speak to you guys last time, uh, it was about loving your enemies, and that worked out really well because I learned through that process, that where I thought I was really good at loving my enemies, it turned out I was just really good at not hating my enemies. And, and we talked a little bit about the difference between not hating somebody, uh, which is not what Jesus called us to do, and loving somebody, which is what Jesus called us to do. So um, this is perfect timing for me because I'm always good to hear this Uh, talk to myself. I think it could also potentially uh, be perfect timing um, for you because we are in that transition from Christmas to New Year's, and whether you're aware of it or not, um, Christmas sometimes becomes a holiday that's focused on stuff. Uh, I don't don't know if if everybody is uh, like that or aware of that, um, but oftentimes we lose Um, the focus of what Christmas is about, uh, and we can sometimes be focused on stuff. The good thing is we're coming up to New Year's, and New Year's is a time when a lot of people like to say, all right, we're going to have a fresh start. We're going to get a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do things differently this year. I'm going to make sure that whatever it was that I didn't like that I did last year, whatever it was that I'm not pleased with or that I want to change, I'm going to make that different this year. So if 
uh, greed or if finances or anything like that uh, is something that distracts you um, from what you need to be doing, this could potentially also be a great time to reflect on that. So uh, if you would turn with me to Matthew 6, we're going to be reading verses 19 through 24. If you are using the Pew Bible, it is page 971. Uh, And the subtitle here in the Pew Bible is Treasures in Heaven. And this is, again, continuing with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, So we'll read chapter 6, starting with verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So this uh, section of verses kind of breaks up nicely into three little parts. Um, so we're going to look at it that way. Um, and when we start in verse 19, and, and um, Jesus says, do not, treasure, um, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. There is a connotation of stacks of money... Sorry, I I didn't have enough money, so I'm having to use poker chips. Um, Stacks of money that are serving no purpose whatsoever. They're just here to be looked at and to be hoarded and to be counted. Uh, And so when I think about stacks of money and and somebody uh, that is a hoarder, um, I immediately picture in my head Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, and so when you think about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, you think about like this miserly old person that's just like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, oh, good, this is so nice, um, which is, you know, what the movies have taught us and, and hopefully what we got from reading the book. If you're like me and you grew up in the 80s and 90s, I actually didn't know A Christmas Carol was a thing. I just thought it was Disney because to me... Ebenezer Scrooge was actually Scrooge McDuck. Uh, And so um, Disney's Christmas Carol, I thought, was just something that Disney came up with. And I was like, oh, this is a great story, you know? Like, Goofy was Jacob Marley and all this kind of stuff. And it was like 10th grade before we actually, like, read A Christmas Carol. And I was like, this this is where the Disney movie came from. And they're like, yeah? Oh, I I knew that. Definitely knew that all along. Um, But that's how I was exposed you know, like to people being hoarders and being miserly. And, and that's kind of the, the picture that you should see when you think about somebody storing up treasures for themselves on earth. Um, not everybody struggles with greed. Uh, like I referenced earlier, um, that is an issue I have. Um, I could very well 
if I were not uh, a follower of Jesus, uh, spend tons of time just counting money. Um, as somebody who's in education and um, an associate pastor here, there's not really that much to count, um, but uh, I, I would count it anyway, and I'd be like, oh, same small amount that was there yesterday. Um, so, but the reason that I do that is because when I am not well connected to Christ, I find my security in money. Because I think if it all goes down, if the craziness happens, I've got this stack, or I've got this pile, or I've got whatever it is, and I think that this set is going to be what gets me through. And it is when I am well connected with Christ, and when I am thinking through how ridiculous that sounds, that as a follower of Christ, I would try to sometimes find my security in money, that I know my security is in Christ. Regardless of what happens, I mean, what, we've only got like a partial government going now or something like Regardless of what happens, it's going to be okay. So when I think about storing up treasures in heaven, I think about the opposite of storing up treasures on earth. So if storing up treasures on earth are hoarding and keeping all of these things to myself, then treasures in heaven is about generosity, and it's about giving, and it's about taking what God has blessed you with and sharing it. Now, there is nothing in these verses that says having money is bad. Maybe money is not an issue for you. Maybe um, where you are apt to get caught up in is uh, electronics, TVs, technology, houses, shoes, whatever it is, when, when you know that's something that when I see it, I'm like, ooh, you know, I could, I could use another one of those. I, 55-inch TV is not really as good as a 70-inch TV. I've got the wall space. I might as well upgrade. What, whatever it is, that is a way that we are storing up treasures on earth. And what we are commanded to do by Jesus is not to store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven. So I am constantly trying to remember to be generous. When I am generous, I am getting rid of something that I know that can become an idol for me. So when I think to myself, that person probably doesn't deserve my $5. Wait a minute. That's Jay saying that that $5 is my $5, not Jay remembering that I've been blessed to have $5 in my pocket, and it's a potential that this person might actually need it. It's a potential that God has put this situation in my life so that I would have the opportunity to meet this individual, to pray for this individual, and to give him $5. Because at the end of the day, $5 doesn't make a determining factor in how my life is going to go over the next month. It might for this individual. So when you think about uh, storing up treasures in heaven, I think 
that the best thing to think about is what you can give away. Some of us have the financial means that giving away money is a great thing for us to do. Some of us do not. Some of us need to give of our talents or need to give of our time. This particular set of verses is specific to finances because, believe it or not, there was a group called the Pharisees that seemed to indicate to the Jews the more money you had, the more blessings you have. Not that we would ever see anybody on TV preaching anything like that today, you know, that God wants you to be rich and you just need to name it and claim it and you just need to do these things so that you can enjoy all these things that God is just waiting to give you. But the Pharisees had a similar outlook. The more money you had, the better a person you were. The more blessings. You must have done some great godly things. The more money we have, the more opportunities we have to be generous. The more time we have, the more opportunities we have to be generous. The more talents we have, the more opportunities we have to be generous. What you have in your life, you have been given to share. Sharing Providing for people that don't have what you have is a great way for us to store up treasures in heaven. There's an interesting thing that Jesus does in verse 21. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's an interesting use of not saying, Put your heart somewhere and then your treasure will follow. All of us, at this second, right now, our heart is somewhere. It could be way over here on this end of the continuum where we are incredibly generous, where we're completely led by the Holy Spirit to give and share and take care of anyone where we see a a need or, or where we feel led. could be over here on this end where we are laser-focused on us and what we want and what we need and what our needs are, or it can be somewhere in the middle. And so my goal for me today and, and for you today as well is wherever you are on that continuum, that we all take one step this way. That we all, after today after reading through the Scripture, after thinking through where our heart is, that we can all take one step closer towards generosity, one step closer towards being led by the Spirit to share whatever it is we have with someone in our lives who needs it. The second part of the verses uh, is kind of an odd transition to me. Um, I read some different commentaries and... um, I'll explain it, but it's still really kind of out of the ordinary to me. It's an an odd jump. Uh, But 22 and 23 say, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And so what Jesus does here is he starts talking about the eye and the heart interchangeably. 
So when, when you read about the eye, he's kind of talking about the eye is the lamp of the body. The, the heart is kind of the root of the body. If your eyes uh, are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Uh, before I was a, a teacher, I worked in, in a pharmacy for two or three years because I was going to be a pharmacist and, and make lots of money. But God knew uh, about my deficiencies, so he's kept me in the education world. Um, so uh, we interacted with older people, in many cases, um, with a specific eye medication for people with cataracts. And so um, if you're familiar with cataracts, they kind of a, a buildup due to some protein deficiencies in the lens, but it's not a you can see one day and you're blind the next. It's something that slowly builds over time, and it kind of becomes an opaque portion in the eye. And if it goes long enough, it can eventually cause blindness. But in many cases, people have the beginning of cataracts for months and sometimes years before they realize that they've got a cataract. And I think in my life, when I think about uh, generosity or, or sometimes the lack thereof, it's a little bit like a cataract. I'm not super generous one day and then wake up the next morning and I'm miserly and I don't want to give anything away and I'm like, mine, mine, mine. It's like just small decisions where I decide to, you know, keep driving past, you know, someone that looks like they need to borrow a cell phone to call, uh, you know, somebody to come pick them up. Or it's uh, a kid at school, you know, who's kind of normally... Uh, rambunctious and happy, but he's walking down the, the hall with his head down. And I think, I, I should probably stop him and see what's up. And I'm like, no, no, I got X, Y, and Z to do. Or it's, it's little things that over time, I start moving from this generous area of my life, and I start becoming more focused on myself, and I become more focused on me and what I need and what I've got to get done until all of a sudden I can't see out of half my eye because I've got this cataract that's built up little by little over time. And so I think there are ways that we can kind of monitor when we are moving in this direction, ways that we can kind of check ourselves for I need to start thinking about other people more. I need to start making sure that I am following the leadings of Christ. I need to just give some money away because I just checked my bank account three times in the same day. I didn't get a paycheck. I didn't get any interest. I just checked my bank account three times in the same day. Nothing changed. Well, that probably means, Jay, you're too focused on money. And when you're too focused on money, you're not focused on other people. So you need to find somebody to give 20 bucks to so you can start making steps back in the direction that you need to go to. So whatever it is for you, be it you just spent 45 minutes looking at the difference between a 65-inch TV and a 70-inch TV, or you, know, you just spent time uh, digging into whatever it is that uh, you're most likely to let be an idol in your life, I want to recommend to you that you kind of find ways or things that you can do to kind of self-monitor or check, oh, 
I'm moving away from generosity. I'm moving towards a focus on myself and what I want and what I need. The last part, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I read this a few times because I have two jobs. And I'm like, okay, um, serving two masters, full-time job, part-time job. I read a little bit more. There is a really strong focus here on the fact that Jesus is reminding us, you are a slave. You are either a slave to money and to stuff, or you are a slave to me. So the use of masters is very significant here because there are no part-time slaves. There are slaves who are 100% controlled by their master. There are no slaves with multiple masters. Now, being a slave is not a great selling point for wanting to get other people to follow after Jesus. But that's what we're called to. We're called to be slaves. We can be slaves to Christ, or we can be slaves to stuff. I started thinking about being a slave to money. And what I realized was there has never been a time, regardless of uh, what my job was or um, how much I was making, where I thought, if I could just get $100,000 more, everything would be okay. Never thought that. What I've always thought is, you know, if I could just get a little bit more. I started teaching. I was making 32500 And I was thinking, you know, if I, if I could just make thirty-five. I could just make 35. Like, that's it's just, you know, a little bit more. I could just I could pay off this. I've got this loan. I could do a little bit extra. I just, I just need a little bit more. And that was 2004. In 2005, Erin started working, and she was a teacher and making about the same thing. And I was like, hey, now we're talking. So together, we, like, doubled our salary. So we're making... I should have thought about this before. I don't know, like high 60s or something like that. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. This is, this is the life right here. And then I, I started looking at some of the other people's houses and some of their cars, and I was like, ah, man, if, if we just make a little bit more, like just, like, I, I don't need 150,000. I just, just, just a little bit, a little bit more. And, and then, you know, I, I moved. Uh, positions to a specialist. And I was like, hey, I, I just made a little bit more. All right, now we're good. Now we're, now we're set. And, and then I, I moved positions again, and, and I was a supervisor, and I made a little bit more. And wouldn't you know it, 
wasn't enough. I just, I just needed a little bit more. And even today, when I think about it, if I'm not careful, I'll get a paycheck. And instead of being grateful for what's there, I'll be like, you know what? If I had 25 more dollars on this paycheck, then X, Y, and Z could happen, would happen. And I think that is the issue with being a slave to money. Whatever you have is not enough. You just need a little bit more. And I think when we become a slave to Christ, he says, I'm it. I'm enough. You don't need anything else but me. And when we reflect on our lives, whether it's money, whether it's stuff, whether you're way over here and you're the most generous, Holy Spirit-led person of all time, we all need to be reminded that as slaves to Christ, He's enough. Let's pray. 